Hello and welcome to another live instalment of the Empire of the Cop podcast. With us here today, we have the fifth Beatle, Mick Moran of The Copite, and our very own Peter Kenner-Jones, and I'll be your host, Farrell Keeling. Mick, it's a pleasure as always to have you on board. How are you doing? Yeah, all good. I think it's the perfect uh, pod to jump back on after a certain someone's just bagged a load of goals. So yeah, can't wait to have a little chat about it. Uh, that certain someone wouldn't be uh, a certain Uruguayan, £64 million <laughs> signing, horrifically bullied online on Twitter, everyone saying he's rubbish, a flop, because he's missed a few efforts in training. He's had about an hour of pre-season football before the game against RB Leipzig. I mean, we have to just kick off with Darwin Nunes. It'd be absolutely insane to cover anyone else after that, showing four goals, Pete. I mean... What, what, what do you make of that? I think you know, we have to sort of preface this with it is pre-season, but we've been told so many times, you, you know, oh, he's rubbish and all this because of the, the performances that we've seen so far, the training clips. And then when it actually comes to it, you know, we kind of have to acknowledge, well, perhaps he's not quite as rubbish as uh, rival fans have made out on Twitter. Is that is that is that for, is that for well, you? Peter, that for as you said, it's all pre-season, it's all stupid, isn't it? Oh, sorry, sorry. Ah, what a minute. Look at this. We're, we're tripping on, tripping over ourselves with the newness. Oh, you go first. <laughs> My connection's terrible. Yeah. I tell you what, Pete, Pete was so stunned by, by the four girls he's taken. <laughs> was it was like a ten-second delay? Um, I, I, was that <laughs> question for me? I'm sorry. I thought I, I, I thought I thought Pete I had a lot. I think I think we're all a bit all a bit sort of up in the air of that but I'll tell you what Mick we'll, we'll, we'll lead with you on that we'll get you you know get, get your words in on Darwin we'll have plenty to talk about I'm sure yeah I think um, what did he play before the, before the, the, the two games he played what 60 minutes 65 minutes so it's just hilarious that there was that like you said fail comp- compilations on Twitter and <clears throat> like just everyone just trying to Take the mick out of him. It's just hilarious, and then he, he comes on for second half in in this game and scores scores four and actually four decent goals. The penalty was a bit a bit shaky, but it went in. So it's one of them. Like he could have had more as well. He had a good header, which was saved by the keeper. And yeah, he just looks. It's just sharpness, I think, for him because he's obviously like he doesn't speak the language, so he's having it everything translated by Thiago via Jurgen Klopp and. Um, He's got. He's got to get used to a new style and a new, and a new way of life and a new, a new, a fresh team. So, it's yeah, freshness is what he needed. And obviously, his third game he looked a lot fresher. And like scoring four goals is just the icing on the cake. No, absolutely, absolutely. I, I mean, I think it's going to be a, a tremendous uh, confidence booster for him because I, I mean, I mean, it's such a shame. I think we've written about this on uh, the Empire of the Cup, but looking at um, his treatment. On online, and obviously you you kind of think players know what the score is online. There's, there's a lot of idiots, there's also a lot of really nice fans, but you know you kind of get your fair share of both. Um, but you saw him acknowledge the comments that have been made um, on online, and you almost think, uh, you know, it, it, what will that do for you, sort of early on? You know, is is that going to affect your, your your mentality a little, if, if even only a little? But I think it's fair to say, Pete. I mean, he's absolutely answered his critics with that, you know, as, as, as Mick said, a bit of a shaky sort of first penalty, but what it paved the way for, even if only in pre-season, was, was pretty phenomenal. That's been- 
I think, I think we've lost. Or? I think we've lost Peter. <laughs> Pete, Pete stunned again. <laughs> he's not. He's not going to get over those four goals that's, in that's a two questions in a row. That. That's two. Cool, <laughs> should we, should we, we'll, we'll have a chat? Um, you and I. Should we to answer that one for you? Yeah, go on, go on. You can ask. <laughs> oh, and we've lost. We, I can confirm we have lost Pete. I, I will have to get, drag him back onto the chat. All right, mate. Well, I'll tell you what. You and I will have a, a, a bit of a chat um, about Darwin. I mean, wh- where do you stand on the whole point of? Pre-season, I'm very much of the mindset of I absolutely accept this is pre-season. You know, we have to fundamentally understand that pre-season for Klopp and the players is very much about building fitness. No one gets injured. You know, implementing. Ah, we've got Pete back. Uh, I- implementing tactical instructions. It is purely instructive for the most part. As much as it is, it is a pleasure to see, you know, a, a game like that. Yeah, and I think you've seen from obviously the f- the first game at Man United, they took it quite seriously, putting out basically their full strength team. We put out a few full, a few young fullbacks. One was both sixteen or seventeen, and Mbappe and Chambers. Obviously, they got thirty minutes. Then we changed again, another thirty minutes, and another thirty minutes. Three different teams in that game. The Palace game, we stepped it up a little bit more with a bit more uh, more of a first team from the off. And then obviously, it's it's just a progression thing, isn't it? Once you you start getting the fitness in the legs and you start making the team and you start shaping it in a way that you want it to be come um, 6th of August against Fulham. So I think that's, um, that's what we want to see. And I think today that was, apart from Adrian, um, Adrian, Alisson in for Adrian, I think that's what we probably go for first game of the season. Maybe Bobby starts, but I don't know because obviously then Darwin Nunes comes on and scores four. So um, it, it depends what he does in in between, obviously, the game today and then the game against Fulham and I think it's what 16 days away so he's got a bit of time and obviously we've got a good game a good game coming up against Man City as well which will be a good test for them so it depends how good he does in those games and if he if he scores even more goals then he's gonna he's he's probably gonna start that game and we we go with the team pretty much that started the game apart from Allison and, and Nunes and for for Bobby and Adrian I think I'm definitely going to move on to sort of the general shape of the team, but I, th- I think I'm, I'm going to give Pete finally a chance to <laughs> share his thoughts uh, on Darwin Nunes and four goals for the Uruguayan hitman. I mean, I mean, Pete, what's wh- where do you sort of stand on on, on the point of uh, preseason and the extent to which you sort of take a performance relatively seriously? I think we're all of a similar mindset of you know this is this is fantastic, but it's still very much preseason. But you know, given sort of the, the abuse is taken online, and I think I think that's a pretty perfect response. Oh yeah, of course. You know, you, as you say, you know, those highlight reels weren't shared by Liverpool fans. Really, they were shared by non-Liverpool fans who think they are, and mainly everyone else from around the country. Who's you know, there's an agenda about Liverpool though. It's net spend FC and all that, and we like to say how much money we haven't spent in it. No, it is a fact. Just because you spend a lot of money on a player doesn't mean that we haven't recouped a lot of money this summer elsewhere. I think that looked at, we've, we've got rid of about 20 players this summer and brought in about three or four. So, you know, it's he's always going to have, you know, he's going to be under the magnifying glass. Everyone's going to criticise him. And, and, you know, he, he's played like hardly any football just over an hour and everyone's written him off. And it, it obviously affected them, which did worry me a bit, you know, when he comes out with the, the Instagram and the Twitter post telling everyone to be quiet, basically, and, and he's resilient. It worries you a little bit, you know, is it getting to him too much? But, you know, tonight, it wasn't like he was doing somersaults when he scored his fourth. You know, that was that he was looking like, you know, this is me. And he felt more comfortable, as you would, putting the ball in the back of the net. So it was just it was great to see. 
I think for strikers, it's just all about getting the ball in the back of the net. You know, I don't think their keeper paints himself in much glory for the, probably the first and the fourth goals. But you know, if you score, you score. You can say I've scored four goals in, in three games. He has, he's probably played just over ninety minutes now, as he or just under. And you know, it's yeah. I'm just really happy for him, and you know, you can see that there was a clip when it went to Klopp, and it looks like he was just staring at him and smiling. And it must have just meant so much to the whole squad because they keep getting asked about him every interview. Although it's all pre-season stuff, they're all asked about Darwin Nunes, and you know they'll all be happily answering questions now, saying, "Yeah, he scored four goals. You can leave him alone now." And yeah, it was great to just yeah, really happy for him, and yeah, off we go. Let's go and um, let's go and beat Salzburg. Hopefully, another four and. Maybe you can show up shitty in in the community shield, and you know, what a way to start your Liverpool career. No, absolutely, absolutely, and very interesting. When um, there's been discussions around um, who who will score the most out of the two sort of new major signings up front in terms of Erling Haaland, who uh, obviously joined Manchester City, and our very own Darwin Nunes. Um, very sort of very interesting to see where where this will sort of pan out in in the long run, but ultimately, um, regardless of the importance one places on preseason, you can't deny that's going to be a, a pretty significant confidence booster for Darwin Nunes going forward. Um, looking at the shape of the team as a whole, I mean, I mean, as you both sort of mentioned, it, it, I mean, it's pretty much Liverpool's strongest eleven, barring, of course, the obvious exception of um, Alisson. Uh, Becker. I mean, where do you sort of Nick? Where do you see sort of the future of this sort of Liverpool set setup? Pretty much looking at sort of the back line as well, because I think Canate coming in um, alongside Van Dijk is 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 pretty significant. It's not been entirely overlooked, um, but you're looking at sort of Jelmati being arguably one of, if not our top performer uh, last season. That's a bold claim, of course, given the, the first half of the season uh, Mo Salah had, um, and of course the second half season form of. Um, Louis Diaz and uh, Sadio Mane, um, but that's that's a pretty huge show of faith uh, in, in the Frenchman. Yeah, I think so. I think, like you said, the 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 fact that the team that Klopp did pick from the beginning, I think, like you said, it is quite telling. Like I think Canate, the the games that he did play the back end of the season, um, I, I think it was a kind of we're giving Joel Mata time to rest because he's playing maybe two or three in a row and then coming out the team and then. We're giving Canate a game, and I think Canate was just then taking those chances with both hands, and then forced his way into the into the into the reckoning as, as a first choice, really. And I think that's why we didn't see much. We didn't see Gomez at right at centre back at all. We saw him at full back, and obviously Gomez has signed a new deal, so he's going to be one wanting to play full back as well as centre back going forward. So it's nice to have these options, but I think Canate is at the moment, obviously in Klopp's mind, I think he's first choice. Um, yeah, I think it depends on who you play as well. I think if you play against, obviously, the more speedy, you want Canato, you want Gomez, and obviously Matip's not slow, but you can be found out if you've got someone really rapid. I think Darwin Nunes proved that in the in the game when he played for Benfica last season, where he just skips past them, and I think that's the only one flaw you could say for Joel Matip, that he hasn't got that pace, but then he's got the experience over Canate. so it's nice to have options, and I think it's one of them, like, we've got to look forward to... The season obviously a great win tonight. Obviously, it's still pre-season. We don't want to get too hyped up, but loads of good performances. Uh, second half as well, like Curtis Jones. Like there's loads of options. Like Carvalho, second half as well was looking looking really, really neat and tidy. Tracking back in the left back position sometimes, like covering for Simicast and just stuff like that. That the, it's going to take time for these lads to gel in. And I think if we, the more settled we are, especially at the back, if Allison comes back in, I think he'll be fifth for City. Hopefully. And you've got obviously Trent Canate, Van Dijk, and Robbo as a as a set five with Allison. So that's like 
that's pretty much set in stone, I think, um, going forward. Uh, and then you can work in the new lads around that. But I think yeah, the the, sol- the more solid the bit your your base, then you can. It's easier for these lads to come in. The likes of Carvalho, the likes of Nunes, and um, I think even Bacetic. I don't know if I'm butchering his name there, but I think even he, he as a 17 year old, looked quite composed and good on the ball tonight. So it's interesting that he got put in as well. So. It's he's just another option that we didn't even we probably weren't even factoring in. Like six weeks ago, he's one that's maybe shone a little bit in training, and Klopp's put him in second half today, and he looked really good. So promising signs look going forward, and we just need to um, not expect too much. Like I said, with Carvalho and obviously Nunes is now he's probably gone from no expectations, rival fans to expecting loads of goals because he scored four tonight. So it's it's just gonna be one of them. It's gonna be topsy turvy, but. Uh, yeah, it's good signs going forward, and we've got enough quality to, um, to yeah, for for any game going forward. No, it's a good point. I'm back, I probably butchered that as well. I do apologise. Um, but you know, this is what pre-season is ultimately sort of made for. You do get the the odd couple, maybe one or two, you know, maybe one, just the one new face that sort of pops through. I think everyone sort of expected that that might be uh, Kylie Gordon, but obviously the the uh, injury came through and sort of prevented that to a certain degree, not to rule out uh, the player entirely. Of course, for the remainder of pre-season and going into the season proper itself, there will be opportunities in the cup competitions. That is absolutely for certain. Um, I mean, strongest sort of midfield uh, trio we've probably got available at this point in time in Thiago Alcantara, Fabinho and Naby Keita, of course. Um, look, pretty, look pretty solid, um, but I kind of want to talk about the forward line, Pete. Uh, Louis Diaz on the left, Berto Firmino going down the middle, and of course Mo Salah on the right hand side. Um, is that would that be the front three that you would potentially start in the Community Shield and the first league game of the season against Fulham? It's it, it's a it's a tough position to put you in after you've seen Nunes slot in four goals. Um, but I, I mean, I mean, I thought to be honest with you, I thought Firmino was absolutely phenomenal. You know, Klopp sort of came out the other day and said, you know, he's back to his best. He's fully fit. He is a world-class player. Do not rule him out. And I think, you know, ultimately that performance really backed up the manager's words there. Yeah, well, you know, we, we, we know you know what you're going to get when Bobby's through the middle, isn't he? You know, he, he had something different and he's probably had his fair share of critics from rival fans again, hasn't he? And they always question what he does and, you know, is he better than X? Is he better than Y? And he isn't because he's a totally different player. He, he's the best at what he does. And, you know, he... He's getting written off as if he's like thirty-five. You know, he's the same age as as, as Mo Salah, and we're all happy to see him another five years. Of course, you know it's a different type of player, and he might not last as long. But I mean, I definitely start Bobby um, for the charity shields, the community shields, sorry. But um, I, I think Darwin Nunes for Fulham. So I'm not. Um, I can. He give me two games, so I can have two different options for it. But yeah, I think with Nunes, there's no point putting the pressure on him again. I think, you know, just. Like he did with Luis Diaz, uh, Klopp, he, he didn't play him against Burnley away, didn't he? I think playing Man City in the Community Shield, you, you can almost, obviously, you're setting him up to go and be a hero, but at the same time, he, if he does anything wrong, everyone's watching. I think Fulham away, first game of the season, Darwin Nunes going with Riot, you know, what more, what better excuse do you want to go and you know, go and get your name sung, go and, go and announce yourself to the Premier League? And I think also... With you know, we've got that friendly the day after, haven't we? You know, it'll be good for Nunes to go and play in that game instead, which obviously the day after there's not going to be many, if any, who play both of those games, Community Shield and I think it's Rosenberg, isn't it? And the um, 
at Anfield. So, yeah, I think give Nunes the Anfield game, give him the first Prem one, and, and Bobby knows exactly what he's doing. You know, Klopp will have put a lot of importance towards the end of last season and, you know, in the middle of it to win the League Cup and the FA Cup because they hadn't done it before. And although the charity shield is, you know, and people call it a glorified friendly, whatever, we haven't won that. And, you know, why not get that, you know, under everyone's belt? It's another medal. They've had a few They've had a few goals at it. You know, we've lost a few times to City at Arsenal. Let's go and win that one, get ourselves on the right foot. And, yeah, I think it'll be... A really positive outing for for all of them. And it's all about this trip now to Washington. It's all about getting them fine tuned for for those two games. It's you know the Community Shield and Fulham, and yeah, I think the options we've got are, are ridiculous. Really, Jota's injured, and we're not even talking about them because we've got such a a great front line. And yeah, it, what a difference a big win makes because we're all out dead happy, dead excited. Everyone can score four goals a game, but yeah, it's, uh, it's all looking good. And yeah, can't wait for the season to start now. It's an interesting one on Diego Jota, and I think I'm glad you mentioned, um, because you look at down sort of centre, you think oh, Jota, you're talking about a 20-plus goal scorer, um, and you know, he had injuries as well, which is, which, is, which is bonkers. But, you know, eliminate him from the equation, and you've still got Darwin Nunes and, of course, Bobby Firmino, which is far from disastrous. Uh, it's problematic, I think you'd say, but certainly not disastrous by any stretch of the means. Um Again, Carvalho can also play down on the left flank, um, alternatively to Luis Diaz, so can Nunes. Most I mean, you say the real sort of problem area, if it is a problem area, is depth on the right right wing sort of role. I think Kylie Gordon can play there, but would you trust him to opt in for Mo Salah? Probably not. At, the, at this current sort of point in time, Harvey Elliott, of course, uh, can also file out there. Um, so there is still pretty significant depth even with that sort of one uh, missing uh, Mick I mean how, how would you sort of approach this I think I'm probably of a like mind with Peter I, I wouldn't quite throw Nunes out into the deep end um, as early as sort of the uh, community shield um, although it's Klopp you know you could he could, he could do absolutely anything we've been surprised before but then if he does sort of feature him out um, against Fulham would it be a formation change will, will we see that return to the 4-2-3-1 he favoured at Dortmund, because there's been a lot of talk about Liverpool sort of bringing back that sort of traditional sort of number 10, um, sitting behind uh, sort of a lone striker. We say lone striker. We'd imagined uh, the, the wingers will be out there sort of supporting him um, in, that, in that bank of three. Uh, but do you reckon it'll be experimentation as early as Fulham? Or, or would it be sort of something that's sort of gradually fed into throughout the season? Uh, I think I'll agree with Pete. Like I think I think you go Firmino for uh, City because it's City and we Bobby is tried and tested and we know what City are going to do and we can counteract that because Bobby played against them loads so we we can kind of um, nullify them a little bit better with Bobby and then like I said as well before like it depends how how well Darwin Nunes does in between now and 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 then obviously he's got six, he's got sixteen days a couple more games we've got obviously we've got. Next game, then we've got a game at Anfield, Strasbourg, obviously Community Shield. So there's a quite a f- good chunk of games there where he, if he keeps scoring and he keeps impressing, then he, he might start against City. But I wouldn't personally. And I mean, like you said there, Fire, like he Klopp is prone to surprising us. But for a City game, I don't think he does surprise us. But yeah, it's it's nice to have these options. Like you said, we haven't even got. Jota, I don't think he's going to be fifth for the. He's like, well, he's not going to be fifth for the Community Shield, so I don't imagine he'll be fifth for the Fulham game the week the, the week later. So once he comes back, and there's another another option there. So 
loads of options. It's nice. And I think uh, going forward, obviously, Javier can slot into the right of a three. You've got Carvalho, like I said before, played really well on the left of a three, coming on as a as a sub in, in the game today. So it's it's just one of them. Like We've got good options, but I think the likes of Carvalho, the likes of Elliot, the likes of Curtis Jones maybe need to... Obviously, it's great that they're so uh, versatile because they can go on a, a myriad of positions, but maybe need to nail down a little bit more the, what the first position is and then kind of oh, the, their position is X, but they can also play in this one, this one, and this one. Whereas at the moment, we kind of like which one is their best, which one is, is where are we going to be- get the best from them? And then we can also move them there if we need to. I think that's something that this season and next season, obviously Carvalho has only been here two minutes, so he, he's got time, but... Harvey Elliott and Jones, I think this season is quite key for them in terms of where they're going to play. Is it going to be right and left of a midfield three or is it going to be Elliott as a backup to Salah as when we need to play, like you said, League Cup games and FA Cup games and whatever else. So it's it's nice problems to have because years gone by, like we've Liverpool teams have just had a, a good first 11 and then maybe a, a good sub or a good couple of subs. And now we're talking about it like we've got loads of options and we've got so much strength and depth which you're trying to there's so many variables and so many variations of, of play like you said different styles 4-2-3-1 4-4-3 4 which Klopp's done before uh, so there's so many options and I think it, having Nunes um, is is another string to our ball because there's games last year last year maybe where we struggle a little bit more and if we if we had Nunes to bring on you just play a ball over the top you can play a ball into the box and he's got that Aerial ability, which he showed tonight with a with a good header, which he should have could have scored from. So it's it's just having those extra options. Like we're, we're we're such a good team in terms of setting up and reacting to how they're playing and kind of figuring them out and like grinding them down and beating them eventually. But having Nunes in the mix and like having Carvalho, I think just adds an extra two weapons, and I think that makes us even more more dangerous, especially against the low block teams coming forward in the in the new season. I think it's fair to say we're, we're all rather pleased uh, with Darwin Nunes at the moment. Still very much early days, of course. Uh, £64 million, will it be well spent? Uh, history says that Liverpool don't tend to spend that much amount of money, at least under the Jurgen Klopp era, um, without a certain degree of certainty that the signing will work out. And before we wrap up this Darwin Nunes loving, um, I kind of want to bring the discussion back to Mo Salah. Um, you know, the man signed a new contract Great news for all involved ahead of the start of the season proper. was a bit sort of overshadowed um, by that four-goal salvo uh, from our Uruguayan international. Um, but he opened the scoring. And, and, I mean, to be honest, Pete, he kind of looked um, probably our best player in that, sort of, that first half. You know, he looked absolutely electric, engaged. You know, just the, the, the kind of Mo Salah we saw in the first half of the season. You know, he's had that... That break in the summer, which you know is absolutely incredibly valuable, given you know sixty-three games um, Liverpool played across the entire all the competitions last year, and that's not accounting for his commitments with Egypt, with the World Cup qualifiers, the African Cup of Nations. Um, I mean, what were your thoughts, sort of seeing him out there? Yeah, you know what you get from Mo Salah, don't you? I think he said in commentary it was uh, Gary Gillespie saying, you know, if the season started tomorrow. You know he'd be fine to play. He never looks like someone who you know who looks a bit out of form. Obviously, you know we we know what happened to him the last season, but he always looks like he wants to play every game. Is probably what I'd rather say. You know, it's a bit like Luis Suarez. You know, he just never seems to be injured. Never seems to 
shy away from getting on the ball, trying to beat people, trying to score. You know, sometimes it's to his detriment. Sometimes he could release it earlier. But I think you know this preseason, you know, there's been a lot of highlights about Nunes, who's hopefully now shut them all up. But I think Salah's just been consistent and what you'd expect. And as you say, just a few weeks off, he never massive, but he, he loves football so much and or loves scoring and being involved so much. That he never wants to miss a game. But if you take football off him and let him rest, you know it just shows a difference. It makes him, you know. Egypt's losses are again in the in in this uh, in the Winter World Cup, and we're going to have them even fresher for the second half of the season. You know, you, you expect a lot of the the big teams, a lot of a lot of their players are going to be selected for the World Cup. You know, we've got the likes of Diaz, Robertson, Salah, a few others. Thiago might not get selected. Henderson might not play. You know, th- these people are going to be very fresh for us for the for the second half of the season. It's going to be massive. It's just about getting this rest in now, getting them ready, attack the first half, and if we can have five six players who are more than ready for the second half of the season and can hopefully pick up those points where, while everyone else is faltering a bit and coming off holiday mode. You know, that could be massive for us. And, you know, it, it, you wouldn't be surprised to see Salah top goal scorers again. You wouldn't be surprised to see us first, second in the league, challenging in the order. And he's going to be massive. So it's just pretty much rinse and repeat with Mo Salah in it. That's why we've given all the money we've given. That's why we've given the years that we, we trust that he's going to stay at that talent. And, yeah, it's exciting. It's exactly what you want to say from the Egyptian king, and let, let's hope it's another 40, 50 goal season. We, we know he's got in him, and he's gonna, he hasn't got any doubters probably, but he can, he can shut them up as well. Oh, absolutely incredible season. Incredible numbers as well, given you, you think there was a, a significant sort of drop off, and that's obviously in comparison um, to the first half uh, of the season performance we saw last year. I think I'm just I'm just looking at the numbers now. Um, 31 goals, 16 assists in 51 appearances across all competitions for Liverpool last season. Absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Mick, to sign us off, I mean, what, what are you sort of predicting uh, from Mo Salah this season based off of you know his recent, particularly that sort of first half performance? There's a lot to ask because, again, it is pre-season. We take it all with a pinch of salt. Um, but, you know, we've obviously known to a certain extent what we're getting from Mo Salah based on what we've seen uh, since he joined from Roma. Yeah, like more of the same, more of the same what he's been doing, like just absolutely scoring for fun. And I think he only needs, is it 11 goals to be our highest ever Premier League goal scorer, which that in itself is just obviously since 92, but no one's got no one's overtaken Ian Rush. But like to be the highest Premier League goal scorer in what five years is just nothing short of unbelievable, to be fair. Um, so I imagine he's gonna smash that to bits hopefully quite early on in the season. And then, yeah, I think he's like we, we know what we're gonna get. Like you said, you, you could have the season tomorrow and he, he'd, he'd score, you, you just know he's in that. Peak physical condition, and he's he knows where the goal is, and he get he gets you the goal like like for fun. So it's going to be interesting to see, like, because obviously Mane left, and there was a, there was that bit of like I don't know, it was like fake, like they weren't getting on and whatever. Because obviously Salah, like like Pete mentioned, like Salah doesn't pass sometimes when he's in good areas and didn't give the ball. But I think this year you might see a more focus, Mo Salah, especially after from January onwards and. The pre in the previous season where he wasn't at his best, and I think if he, if he would have carried on the form that he had from the start of the season to January, he would have been he would have won everything. He would have won every every award available because he was just in that the, the form that he was in was absolutely ridiculous. So yeah, hopefully he does that over the 
course of the whole season now that he's got that contract signed and he can be a bit more focused than I think we've seen tonight. That was the return of the Salah we've seen in the early part of last season where he was just strong and getting on the ball and making stuff happen and just he just occupies two or three players by by just being on the pitch and that opens up space for Darwin Nunes or for me and El Diaz and other players like that. So can't wait to see how um how they try and stop him. It's gonna be interesting. No, absolutely. I think you're you know, spot on. I think there's a pretty good chance he'll at least get past Fowler's record this coming season. Overall, in all competitions, of course, he's about 190 goals behind Ian Rush. That's quite uh, the tally to get past in the next three seasons. But, you know, you, know, you never know. Salah has the kind of sort of season, we, that sort of first half of the season, all the way through, no distractions. And, you know, you think with a contract... Sorted, you know, th- this could have been a season that would have been for the, for a good chunk of it defined by the question of is Mo Salah going to say where is he going to go, which would be a, a devastating uh, distraction for Jurgen Klopp's men. But it's been sorted before the season started, it's not a problem. We've got a, f- a couple of injuries to sort of be not quite worried about, but to consider. But at large, Liverpool seem again to be heading very much in the right direction ahead of the upcoming campaign. Darwin Nunes hits for Mo Salah, got the opener. It's a pretty strong showing against RB Leipzig, but it is only pre-season. We take it with a pinch of salt and we move forward to the next one against Salzburg before the Community Shield clash with Manchester City. This has been the Empire of the Cop podcast we've had with us here today, Mick Ryan of the Cop. Do you want to just uh, give us a quick update on everything that's going on on your end, uh, Mick? Any interesting uh, interviews? You'd like to share anything coming up in the, in the pipeline? Um, I'm still working on a few. I haven't got not on set in stone, so I won't I won't mention any names. But I've got a few. Hopefully, some ex some ex players. But um, as Pete knows, they're hard to get hold of, and if you do get hold of them, they're just really slippery, like an eel, and they just ignore you for weeks, and then they'll reply. So, um, I sound a bit bitter there, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah. It's uh so Jay's doing one for the for our on the Copy podcast if you just search YouTube Copy podcast and then um, Jay's doing one about Sammy Ippia's like origin story which is like the story of his career he's done Father he's done Berger so far um, and they've both people have like personally reached out to him and said that he they enjoyed it so uh, hopefully Sammy will do the same but yeah just I'm just trying to get some famous famous Reds on. Russell Howard or someone like that would be nice. But I'm working on it, hopefully soon. Go get it, Mick. We'd, love, we'd absolutely love to see it. Okay. Everyone watching this kind of course. And of course, yeah. what's, what's this, Pete? I'm just saying I'm free, Mick, if you need me. You're free. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched... oh, that, that was Boston. Well done, by the way. I want you to watch that. That was, um, that was really interesting, that one. Yes, I'll give that a watch if you, um, if you haven't seen it. That was good. Please do. It was on the Copite podcast and you can watch Mick and many of his amazing famous guests and hopefully Russell Howard soon. Russell, if you are listening, we'd absolutely love to see that happen. Make it happen, Russell. Um, and of course, we've had Mick Brown. Thank you very much for coming on to the Empire of the Cop podcast. We've had our very own Peter Kenny Jones and I've been your host, Farrell Keeling. This has been the latest installment of the Empire of the Cop podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. Take care.